Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Hawkeye. And one Hawkeye. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric C. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Eric, how are you doing? I'm fine. Which Hawkeye am I? I'm not sure. That's I was going to ask you that very that very same question. Yeah, I'm glad we're both predictable. I don't, I, I don't think it, it's. I don't think it's like an even easy answer. I think we're both. It's, it's in it's part. Not. Yeah, it's in parts. Clinton parts. Kate. Mm-hmm. It's true. We both look great in purple. I love purple. Mm-hmm. It's a good color. It's purpley. I kept a purple shirt that's missing buttons just because I like it that much. Well, they. Uh, they can replace the button. Yes, buttons are replaceable. You can replace all of them, and it's like having a different shirt. Ooh, I could maybe get like the the pearl buttons. I really like those. Mm-hmm. That probably might that might be a little too expensive for a shirt I don't wear that often. We should get those and then wear it all the time. Good idea. And then, and then shoot arrows at things. I don't, don't don't think that's a good idea. The sh- shooting arrows. I don't have a bow. Mm-hmm. Even you're not a good Hawkeye then. You know what? You know what? What Hawkeye's a comic book character. That's very true. Do you know what? What comic books oh comic books hey guys out there hands mites we here to talk about comic books we here to talk about comic books yep. well well done hawkeye yep uh for nearby book club later in the show we'll be discussing amazing spider-man colon family business spider-man's colon <laughs> yep actually does not come into play at all thank god <laughs> the, 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 the uh slice of life story there for old peter parker mm-hmm Jesus Christ! <laughs> he had had too much of the uh, uh, I don't know some too much fiber. Yeah, or not enough fiber. Or not. Or, know. I know it's either either way. Who knows? Uh, but we'll, we're going to talk about that later on. First up, we can talk about the books that came out this past week. Isn't that right, Mister Goodnight? Mm-hmm. See Let's do it up. Do it up. It's time for weekly floppies. We Live Lobbies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of this past week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, there's a mush meter involved. Sometimes, you know, if we're feeling particularly mushy about a book, you know, we're not, you're not positive or negative. Sometimes in the middle, like gray, covers shades of gray. Only five shades of gray, though. Right, Eric? Five shades? Yeah, five shades of gray. From the mush meter goes one to five. Mm-hmm. Five shades of gray. Okay, our first book is The Baker Street Peculiars, number number one of four. It is, let's see, script by Robert Landridge, Roger Landridge, art and letters by Andy Hirsch, colors by Fred Stressing, um, designed Michelle Onkley. Uh, how would you describe this book, Eric? It's kind of the weirdest book uh, this week. Yeah. It is, I mean, it, it's it's Kid Detectives. Yeah. You know, set in what? Edwardian times in England? Yeah, like there's cars. So I, I, I yeah. would say it's um and buses. 
kind of Tintin esque. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Very um, sort of Tintin's not French, is it? Is it French? I think it might be French. Now that I think on it, I don't remember. No, it might. Be, I think it's Belgian. Actually, now that I think about it, but They're they close. speak French yeah. in Belgium. Yeah, they do indeed. Yeah, so so it is kind of a French comic, French language comic. Um, I, I mean, I'd call it an adventure comic, kind of in in that uh, that vein, but it's mo- a little bit more about uh, mystery and kids being weird cut ups. Yeah. I did not expect to like this book, but I'm thoroughly delighted by it. Okay, good. I like that. Yeah, uh, this uh, this Andy Hirsch guy was not on my radar um you like the, the cartoon sounds familiar no i i adore it i i adore the art it's really really dynamite am i, I think, not am i supposed to not like the little rich kid guy i don't like him uh you can feel however you want about him i i don't uh, he's just he's just a doofus i no, i don't i don't like the the like I know it's the point. I know it's the whole point of him, but just the ridiculous amount of over, like, extremely British proclamations he has mm-hmm. all the time. I think that's fantastic. I like Crumb. Mm-hmm. I like crumbs. that. He I, says, oh, it, crumbs. I like that, but he he does it a lot. It's a, It happens just a, a, a lot. I like his dog. Mm-hmm. I like it. Of course. Of course you do. Of you course I do. Hate, you hate people and love do- love animals. I want to say hate people. I hate Just, I hate some people. You hate what percentage of people? Oh, that's tough. There you go. <laughs> let's let let's let's circle back around to that. This book is good. Yeah, I, I it's did, fun. I really just did not expect to like it, and I am pleased and delighted. It's not a this cover doesn't represent it very well. I think it's, that's kind of part of it. Well, it's it's. It's hard to represent everything that happens in this comic book. It is. It's it's true. It's just um, it's a it's a, a weird conglomeration of a lot of yeah. ideas happening at once. I just think that the cover. I, I don't know. I don't want to critique the cover, but the the inside is very dynamic. True. And I don't know. It really the the cover's so flat. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it was done as an afterthought. And it's not like it's bad, but the it it looks like a bad '90s cartoon on Nickelodeon when the inside looks like I mean I mean it looks like a great European comic. It's, very, it's fantastic. It's very frenetic. It's a lot of action mm. and a lot of a. Uh, it's very actually like you mentioned, an adventure comic. It is has the same kind of density that a lot of adventure comics do. It, it communicates a lot in a very relatively short amount of time. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I, it's very fun. It's a, and I would definitely recommend it to, to, it is a kaboom book, but I would recommend it, it's good for kids too. And uh, all ages. So I'm a buy. Yeah, absolutely. Needs to be bought and bought and bought it. Uh, it's a double buy on the Baker street. Culiers. I can't very well. Uh, mm-hmm. number one, our next book is the dark and bloody number two. Where, where, where are we at? Come here. Come here. Credits. Come here. Come at me. We is right here. There we go. Written by Sean Aldridge, Scott Godlewski on art, Tyler Crook on the cover, Patricia Mulvihill doing colors, Clem Robbins on letters. We had read the first issue of this. Uh, were we? I think we were. We were salt like by on the on the on the promise of it. Yeah, like it. Uh, I think it had some. I don't know about pacing issues, but there wasn't enough hook in that first issue. Am I crazy? I rem- I 
swear that it had a different name the last time we read it. No, this they is, did not they, change up the name. They did not change the name. This is the same name. I don't know why I associate this with the word holler. Because it's in the South. Well, it definitely is that. I mean, I, I once I started delving into this, I remember I remembered reading number one, but I did not remember it being called the Dark and Bloody. It's not a really good title. No, it's not. That's it's not a great title either. But I'm am hooked by this issue in mm-hmm. way more than I was by that first one. I don't know if it's just more time with these characters or like I don't know. I feel like the evil, whatever it is, like I'm getting more like I'm getting more of a picture of what it is. Mm-hmm. I guess, and like I enjoy the horror, like the horrors of war coming back to haunt this dude, which is what it appears to be. I don't know if that's really what it is, but it's it's much more intriguing to me than that than that first. I'm I don't regardless of the reason I'm I'm more on board uh, certainly now than after the just that first issue. Mm, absolutely, you know they really should have just released. Both of these at the same time. Yeah, double-sized first issue or something. Well, that's exactly what they did with Saga, and look how terrible that book is. I mean, that guy doesn't know how to write at all. Damn Canadian. Damn Canadian. Canook. Tim Horton-loving motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it looks... It, I'm, Scott Galuski's art, I, we're on record and is enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I, we, we both like Copperhead. And... Yeah, I don't think he's the most superlative artist in the world, but it's... Uh... He's a good storyteller. He draws nice backgrounds, and yeah, you know it. It it works in a way that um, while it's not like the most stellar art in the world, it, he keeps it interesting. You know, I I could stand to see a lot more books by him. Yeah, but I'm a I'm a solid buy on Dar- I'm on the, I, on this issue and on this series. I'm I'm I am officially on board. I am intrigued. I think that's a good way to put it. I, I need to know what's going on. It's like, Shoot more zombie rednecks. It's <laughs> always a good call. Yeah, outside his uh, his his moonshine still with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Well, what else? Could be a double-barreled shotgun. That's the true redneck move. There, he's got that pump action. He's he's uh, putting on airs. Well, he's a former military man. I'm sure he you know he mm-hmm. he values the higher ammo capacity of a pump action. It's true. That there is an aspirational shotgun. You know, if we still titled episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the episode titles. I just, I liked how you would pick out some stupid shit I would say and title the episode. Because that, that would I, be, that would, it would, that, that's what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> that their aspirational shotgun. Uh, so that was the Dark and Bloody number two. That is, again, another double buy. See if we can keep it going. I'm not so sure. Mars Attacks, <laughs> Occupation Number One, uh, Words and Letters by John Lehman, Andy Kuhn, Pencils and Inks, Jason Lewis on Colors, uh, Denton J. Tipton is a Sector Overseer. I'm guessing that means editor. Uh, uh, you know those Mars Attacks guys, aliens, dudes? You know them, Eric? I, I, I know of them. Uh, this is a comic book that presupposes they have taken over Earth, and, uh, now we are in occupation we're following a uh our protagonist around in that new world it reminded me a lot of half-life 2 mm-hmm. they they don't make her pick up garbage though no she just hits rocks yeah what are your thoughts on this no <laughs> no thoughts or no i don't just, want this just just no i'm gonna try and not think about this book ever again uh, i just no i thought it was fine it's i 
<sighs> it's not like breaking ground in any way. I'll, I'll, it's not, there's no, like, very little to no originality in this. Like, it's, like mm-hmm. I said, it reminds me of Half-Life 2. I could also think, think of several other easy references off the top of my head to various things that happen in, like, like from the fact that the the squirmy guy as in during the invasion turns out to be like this an alien sympathizer mm-hmm. to the fact that she goes and fights in the gladi that she's going to be in the gla- be a gladiator you know it's kind of the story is kind of telling it's telling you like I already know what's going to happen in all of it like it's none of it's a mystery really I kind of wish it was a little bit I wanted it to be more over the top well that's yeah like just cr- that was that that's the whole thing about these characters this is just supposed to be like a dumb comedy of people getting murdered by weird stupid looking alien things and i i don't even it's not even based on a comic or anything it's based on like friggin trading cards or something like the old what it's based on what what is the what is the property from mars attacks originally yeah i don't i don't even think it was a comic i don't know for sure the only thing I remember was um, I remember seeing tr- like like a la um, garbage pail kids. Yeah, the, yeah, you are, It was a trading card series released in 1962. Yeah, uh, by featured art by Wally Wood and Norm's, Norman Sanders. Okay, Norman Saunders. I don't know how you pronounce that, but um, it was inspired by Wally Wood's cover for EC Comics Weird Science number 16. Interesting. Sold for five cents a pack of five. Through a dummy corporation called Bubbles Inc. under the name Attack from Space. Yeah, I, I don't know the fact that they've extrapolated all this stuff from something as meaningless as that. I don't think it can. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it carries it. I don't think it's worth it. I I, I have read like when that the Tim Burton movie came out in the mid nineties, which is I you know it has its it has its charms. Um. I there was a couple uh novels written like in conjunction with it which I thought were fun because they like they were a weird combination of like crazy camp and like deadly seriousness and it like was it was strange but I don't know this is just straight up like hey serious like there's no humor in this much at all and I think it kind of needs it yeah it's it's not an appropriate comic for yeah, no humor. It just doesn't make sense. I that's what I mean. Like I wish they could. It would just be more absurd with more. Like it's everything in it. There's nothing like badly done. You know, it's just very rote. You know. Yes. You know, I don't. I, I don't really have any necessary problem with it, but you don't need to read it. Like, it, I even if you're a big fan, if you're a big fan of the movie, I don't know if you would really even like this. Because that's what most people would be familiar with. So I, I guess I'm a do not buy. It, you know, it's it's not a terrible comic by any means, but it's not necessary in any way. You know, that it's it's in the large portion of licensed books that are just kind of forgettable. You do not buy, Eric. I'm assuming. I am. I am an enthusiastic. Do not buy. Oh, enthusiastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So double do not buy. Mars Attacks Occupation Number One. Our next book book up is another licensed comic in a way. Uh, it is uh, the Haunted Mansion number one. Uh oh, Eric's deep sigh. Deep sign. Written by Joshua Williamson. Art Jorge Cuello. Colors Jean Francois Belo. Joe Carmona doing the letters. Um, 
I th- I like this despite myself. I mm. I, th- I think it's all nostalgia. I want to say. I want to say that's really the the biggest part of it here. But I still do like it. I you know it. It remains to be seen if this is going to do anything interesting with this with this core idea. You know, I I, re- I you know the the I the this seed this nugget they have here with this kid and his grandpa. I really like. I'm just curious if there's going to be – there seems to be like there's some mystery about this grandpa guy that we're not being told. And I think there's potential. Uh, but the most of this issue is basically sold by – I I grew we I grew up in Florida. I've gone to Disney World and to the Haunted Mansion many, 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 many times. I always love the Haunted Mansion. It's always my favorite part of uh, going to Disney World because it was of like – Of the Magic Kingdom. Of the Magic right? Kingdom, yeah. I, I – well, I – that's what people call Disney World. Yes. I understand. Yeah, and it and for a long time there wasn't there was it that was it it was it that and Epcot and Hollywood Studios which was MGM and no one went to MGM. Uh, everyone went to this and then Epcot, you know. But I like this. It, it's not. I would say it's above average. You know, it's like a solid <laughs> six or yeah, seven. It's a C plus. Yeah. It it. It sets up the, the the premise. It sets up a reason for someone to go to this the haunted mansion. You know this little and this teenager teenage boy who you know I wish I I I really I like the grandpa guy. I wish he was in the mansion with the kid instead of this being some nebulous thing about what what's happening to him. But cause, yeah, that's actually not bad. I think I could I think I could stand that um, because I that that shot, that reaction shot of the avalanche about to hit him. That's like the, my favorite thing in this comic. Oh God! He just goes, "Oh shoot!" Like if it's if he had said, "Oh crumbs," would you like it more or less? Less for sure. Less. Yeah. Ooh, crumbs <laughs> is funny. He's not British. You don't know that. Where canonically is the haunted mansion supposed to be? I'm guessing like northeastern America. That's my like actually old, that says old, New Orleans in the, uh, the does, front of this book. Does it say New Orleans? Okay, well that that makes it, that it makes does. Sense. I always, I, my vision of it was always old, Amer- old New England, old America. Yeah. But I think, I, I, I get that. But New Orleans is also appropriate. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, there's voodoo there and all that, you know, that, that, the, that feeling of it's mm-hmm. spooky. Things can happen. Um, I'll say I'm a buy mush meter like a one. I, uh, I, uh, on reflection and hearing you talk about it, I dislike it less. <laughs> I was just unhappy having read it, and I'm like, "Why does this book exist?" I still can't. I still can't really recommend it. Okay, it's not awful, and it's got some nice looking pages. I don't really care for the uh, the penciler, but the colors really beautiful. Backgrounds really are very strong, though. I don't know. To me, it's it's corny. In not the way I want it to be. Okay. I I I can't say bye on it. I think um, if I was going to give any nuance to this, I mean, you probably know if you're in Robbie's camp on this. I think that I think that works. You know, if you feel the same as he does, you know, you feel that nostalgia. If you have that connection, then you probably got it. Otherwise, you can easily pass on this book. Yeah. I, I, it scratches a very particular itch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Split Decision on Haunted Mansion number one. Our final book of the week is Mockingbird number one. Written by Chelsea Kane, art Kate Nim- Nimichek? Nim- Nimichek? Nimichek? 
I, I don't, I'm an idiot. Colors, Rachel Rosenberg. Letters, Joe Magno once again. Um, I don't really, do you have any feelings about Mockingbird? I was not familiar with the character. I, my only thing, like, hey, she was, she was with Hawkeye for a while. You mm-hmm. know, like they had a relationship. Mm-hmm. I like this comic. I, uh, it's definitely adorable. It, it's, it's not laying out everything in this first issue. Like, and they make no bones about like, hey, this is a, like, it's a weird mystery about what's going on. And I'm intrigued. I, I like it. I like, you know, it, it balances a nice measure of that mystery and like intrigue with like humor and, and charm. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see what's, where it goes, what it's going to do with this, this premise. Yeah, this is, uh, this is an excellent book. I really like, I really like her character in this. You know, it's, it's got a really good tone and it looks, God, it looks so good. I can't think who this artist reminds me of. It might even be, um, I think it is Paul, uh, Paulina Gunchow, whose name I cannot really pronounce. I can't pronounce her name. So yeah, there you go. no, I know it's just random women drawing people. That's, that's what they call artists nowadays, drawing people. Is, is that what they do? Yeah. Yeah. You, didn't get the memo. I did not. But I, the the artist of uh, Zodiac Star Force, I think there's more than a little bit of overlap here in uh, sort of style, sort of cleanness to it. A lot of attention paid paid to really pretty women. Uh, it's 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 a really it's a really lovely book. The colors so on point too. I I, I really like this. I want to I want to read this for a while. Yes. Uh, it's very good. I I didn't know what to expect from this. I I I'd seen some rave reviews on popping up online this week, and uh, it's it's really strong first issue. Hope it continues this way. Absolutely. I'm a buy. Are you? Mm-hmm. You're a buy, I assume, as well. There. No, you. That's hate a good. It. That's a good assumption. Okay, good. That's a double buy for Mockingbird number one. Uh, that Vision comic's still really good, Eric. I'll tell you. I haven't that. I haven't read since number two. It's so good. This it's it's really impressive. I am upset that there's only. Good, I'm glad that they're gonna finish off a run, you know, with twelve issues. But I kind of want this comic forever. But I have a feeling it's. I don't know. We'll see. It's not. It's not looking great for the Vision. I'll say that. Seems like he's opened himself a mess. But whatever. It's a great comic. I. If you're not reading Vision, you should be reading Vision. Everyone on Earth. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Talking to you. You need to talk to me. Well, not you, but well, you are talking to me because I, am, I need to read it. I am talking to you, but I mean, I, I mean, ev- like the you out there in Internet Radio Land, you know, the eph- ephemeral you, you all, mm-hmm. you guys, use guys, use guys. So that'll do it for weekly floppies. Till next week, there'll be more, always more, always more comics. It is time with that over for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show, and Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Movies, games, books, television, all kinds of stuff. You want to go first, Eric? I have some vitriol. Ooh, I cannot wait for vitriol. Yeah, I don't. You should probably start us off with, like, at least some positivity. <laughs> unless unless you also have vitriol, then we just have all vitriol checking in. No, no, I'm, I, I, maybe, maybe this means that, uh, that you're... You're the Barton, you think? Mm. 
It doesn't matter. I'm trying to think. It's not the kind of thing that needs to be settled. We decided we were both Roy. That's true. We both are. We are both we're, Roy. We're, we're both Roy from the IT crowd. Yeah. Um, I have uh, two things. Okay. I have two things that uh, I have, one of which I have not finished, that I'll still check in with. Okay. And that, that is a new Netflix series starring Will Arnett. I'm sure you've seen it advertised. I yes. Can't, I can't think no. of it. If I can't, I can't think it off the top of my head. You say the name. It's, it is. It is called Flaked, and it is uh, only a couple of days old as of this recording. I have actually that is new to me. I have not seen that. It's it's pretty good, and it makes me think that this is this is sort of an era of like honest, weird, heartfelt. Um, I I mean, it really makes me think about like how they're writing these Netflix dramas that. Uh, they're clearly getting some information that they need to have things that are just really ugly and brutally honest and be about characters that have really messy lives because it feels very similar. Um, also sort of a comedy, um, very comparable to the, the one that I checked in with the uh, Judd Apatow uh, love series. Mm hmm. Did I mention the name Flaked? I think I, you, you, I did. You, you did mention. It. Yeah, not so, not really a great title. Will Arnett? Anyone else of note? Mm, no one's jumping out at me. No one that is like a. No one that's like a that, that you put on the poster. You know, no one. No one that's gonna sell it to you. Not that I have recognized anyway. I don't recognize any of these names. Actually, I think Heather Locklear, not Heather Locklear, uh, Heather Graham has a weird bit part as his ex-wife in like episode three or four or something. Okay. But he is a, um, he is an alcoholic. He runs a, uh, a local AA chapter and he uh, owns a furniture store in uh, Venice, California, I think it is. It's got a fairly California sort of vibe to it. Um, the the first episode opens with him telling a story about how he murdered a man drinking and driving and how he can't drive anywhere anymore. And uh, it's just like, I don't know, it's a very weird character-driven story that just kind of meanders and reveals character and breaks your heart. It's a little hard to watch in some points, but I do enjoy it. Is, so I think it's worth checking out. You might enjoy it. Does Will Arnett do a good job? Yeah, it's uh, the least funny he's ever been in anything. He's clearly not playing too much of a character. And it feels very honest. You know, it, you can't help but think that, um, I think it and BoJack Horseman. I think I would just rather have more BoJack Horseman. <laughs> but I'm glad that this is that this exists. You I, know? I'm fairly certain there's more BoJack Horseman coming your way. It's around the corner, I'm sure, but it's not out, and this is. Correct. It's just, it, it is not as good as BoJack Horseman, though. Okay. The other thing is about as absolutely disparate from this as I could imagine, which is a movie okay. called Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. <laughs> that subtitle got me. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, that, Japanese titles are weird. Like Resurre if you look at F, why F? Because Frieza um, is resurrected. Okay, He's th and that starts with an F. It, you're correct. Yes, it, it does. I 
I, I know my alphabet. Good job. Yeah, well, and the people who named the uh, movie. They figured it out, yes. This is, an, uh, this is I believe, uh, an Haname? <laughs> yes, it is It is Japanimation. <laughs> Fucking Japanimation. Jesus Christ. Gross. <laughs> um, so, this takes place, there was a series that picked up after Dragon Ball Z that kind of undid some of the stuff that happened in Dragon Ball GT, it seems like. Um, this takes place after that series and the movie that basically covers the same... Th- this is the second new Dragon Ball movie. And I think the I, what I was told earlier today is that the f- this first new Dragon Ball movie just basically recaps everything that happens in the the new series. Uh, in which one of the things that happens is there is a new character that's introduced called Lord Beerus. <laughs> you've you've seen him? No, I. But that name. Well, he's he's interesting. He's like this Egyptian destroyer god. So he's Black he's, Adam, basically. He's like this, huh? So he's basically Black Adam. No. Okay. No, he, I mean he he looks like a male Bost. You know, he's got a cat head. Oh, okay, got it. And he's some crazy like space god, and he is. Uh, one of the most powerful beings in the whole canon now. Like, he basically is far stronger than either Goku or Vegeta or either of them together or whatever. It's it's <laughs> weird. Dragon Ball doesn't really make a lot of sense. Did you enjoy well, the movie? I did. I mean, it's it's good, stupid, classic Dragon Ball fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which good Dragon Ball should not. Um... It wasn't really much about Lord Beerus. He is absolutely hilarious in it. Like, Beerus just literally doesn't give a... He doesn't care about any planet or any living thing. Because he's a destroyer god. He just really doesn't care. But he loves eating... Uh, he loves eating really fattening food. And he thinks that the food on Earth is, like, the best in the universe. So he doesn't blow up Earth. Well, that's kind of him. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I agree that the food on earth is pretty good as well. I am a fan of the food on earth. Yep. Me too. I had bacon ice cream earlier tonight. Sounds really good. I was thinking of Lord beer as well as I ate it. So Frieza is wished back to life with the dragon balls. Okay. He gets wished back. Uh, he doesn't even have a body. He just has like chunks of Frieza. Ugh. Yeah. It's pretty horrifying. And they put him in a tank and, and regenerate him. And, he says, I've never had to work at anything. I'm I'm going to kill Goku, so I'm going to go train for four months. So he trains for four months and becomes as strong as, you know, Goku. And they fight, and Dragon Ball happens. Spoilers. Yeah. There's a fight. Yeah, there's a fight, and, and Goku wins. It's actually very good. It's the... The ways that they break formula are um, are probably the most interesting parts about it. But it's it, it it's it's nice, you know. It's it's fun. I can't say that it's um, the most artful movie ever, but it is fun to watch. Goku does a blue haired Super Saiyan thing. Doesn't really make sense why. You said all those Dragon Ball words in a row. I did. It would make a lot of sense if I, like, scrambled them. It'd be like encryption. <laughs> and then the FBI would come knock down my door. And shove a phone in your face. 
Yeah, they would. They'd be like, you decrypt this talking. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ready? I'm going to, I'm going to get some feelings out, Eric. Let me, well, have you seen just before you launch into feelings? Okay. Sure. Because I have feelings about encryption. Okay. Have you seen the John Oliver? No, I, uh, I have not watched the, it yet. It's probably the best recap I've seen about this whole thing. The people on that show are really smart at doing that. They are really, it is a really thoroughly excellent show. I mean, I think that it is as good as The Daily Show was in its prime. It just, and The Daily Show never really got bad. No, it, we just got used to it. Yes, exactly. No, but that they're just really good at encapsulating issues. Yes, he's he is a very good comedian. He's very funny. He's very personable, and his uh, I don't know that it, it's 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 excellent. I'm the the the, the clip is floating around. If you've not watched it, it is probably the best primer you can get on why you should be rooting for Apple and be like, no, this doesn't need to happen. It, it's perfectly it's perfectly done. So I, you should you should definitely watch it once you're about to lose your mind. <laughs> OK, so if we are record, we are recording this on Monday night, we generally record on Sunday. Uh, mm -hmm. And if we were recording this on a Sunday, I would not have this to say. I would not have anything to say about this. But since we are recording this on Monday, news broke today about uh, an animated DC movie that was going to um, use a killing joke. Make, basically make an animated killing joke uh, movie, which DC has done with many, many. They, DC's animated movies are far ahead of Marvel's uh, output and are generally really good. Um, they're good at ad good adaptations of the comic stories in general. Um, but they announced that the Killing Joke is going to happen. That Mark Hamill is going to be the Joker in it. Um, and I saw lots of celebration online. Lots of people I are I'm friends with or that I respect. They're going, "Yeah, Killing Joke! Finally, we're going to get a movie." I'm like, I I I tweeted this out, and I know you saw it because you 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 hearted it immediately. Um, Killing Joke. It, it's Alan Moore and Brian Bolland. Um, Alan Moore is a great writer. Brian Bolland is a great artist. His, uh, uh, you know, he does really doesn't do interiors anymore. He'll do a cover from time to time. Um, it looks really nice. I don't, I resent everything it stands for, basically. Mm -hmm. It, like, it, and it bothers me to see so many people celebrate a comic book about a superhero, ostensibly, uh, in which people get tortured and specifically a woman gets tortured. And, mm -hmm. and there's a lot, and like Gail Simone famously wrote, like in her, you know, lady, women in refrigerators thing, like this is a case in point. Like, oh, yes. That, you know, and I just don't, it just is a bad example for gritty superhero stuff, which it, I don't, I don't think it's aged very well. I, it, Alan Moore has come out and said he, it was never intended to be like an in canon story. It was like a Batman the end type of story. You know, it was supposed to be, hey, this is the last, a, a final story, not, hey, let's put this in with regular continuity, which they did and had Barbara Gordon paralyzed from this point on. Uh, there's tons of great storytelling about her from that point becoming Oracle and all that stuff. And now they kind of, re they rebooted her and Batgirl now is a great comic, mm -hmm. but it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand why people like it so much. It really is completely senseless. And I think it has more to do with the fact that 
mean, it just has that name. And it's like one of the only things that people have read. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, when it really comes down to it, people really haven't read that many comic books. People don't read that many comic books. And The Killing Joke is just one of those things that the name has stood out and it's known for being so influential. And I, I don't know. It doesn't really, it really, it, it makes no sense. I'm right there with you. And it's just really, I don't know. I, I, I get the people defend, I, like when people, and people defend against those points. I'm like, those aren't, they're like, it's, it's not defensible. I'm like, no, those things no. happen in that comic. It's, it's like, it, yes, Joker is a very compelling villain. One of the most compelling vil- villains when written well. You know, he's an excellent counterpoint to Batman, but. I just don't want to see that level of brutality in a in a DC superhero comic. I don't. It just doesn't. It. I. I. It is. It bothers. It's gross. Did uh, Did I ever tell you? I and I. This is someone who's kind of on the periphery of my friends' network. That um, she said, "I'm trying to read more Alan Moore, but I can't." every book I read has some horrible act of violence against a woman. And for the life of me, I could not think of a single Alan Moore book that doesn't contain that. I mean, not that, I mean, certainly the stories are just violent and the violence, I mean, is it really better that it happens to a man? No, but like you think about like Evie's attempted rape when you think about the rape of, um, uh, no, it was the attempted rape of the Silk Spectre and Watchmen. Yeah. Um, there's all these plot points around violence and sexual violence around women. Um, I th- what was it that happened? I think the Invisible Man rapes a woman, and then Hyde rapes the Invisible Man. Yes, that is I, correct. Yeah. Actually, I think I think uh, I think the Invisible Man rapes several women. He's pretending to be a ghost at a girls' school. I like in, in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Excuse yeah, me, I didn't say no. I mean, yes. Uh, yeah, it's I, I I don't I I I feel like in those other cases it doesn't bother me as much because it's not Batman. Yes, it like I League of Extraordinary. I'm not, I don't really I'm I've re- I don't really like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. A lot, a lot of people right. love it. I don't like that comic that much. Um. In V, like in V for Vendetta and Watchmen, both of those are ugly worlds with ugly people. Yes, yes. Like all the people in that, like we listened to episode 100, we went in great detail about uh, mm-hmm. all those characters, and it is. I feel like the, it's. I don't want that. Like that's why superhero comics exist, and that's why I like them. In like in certain superhero comics, you can maybe broach that subject somehow. But that is a very tenuous line you'd have to, to, to walk. And it's certainly not done artfully in The Killing Joke. It is, like, literally, hey, let's just take a female character and use her, literally use her to do damage to a male character, to Gordon, mm-hmm. to, 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 to Barbara's father. And, like, that, that, that's all she is in that story. And, I don't know, Alan. I, there's a there are stories that Alamar does not have sexual. There's there, there's not violence towards women, but uh, I'm not a fan of any of them either. So I don't I don't know the there's the, the his uh, his sex comic the the uh, that has other issues around it, but the violence against women is not one of them. Um, I'm trying to think, I haven't read all his more modern stuff. 
it's Superman comics. You know, whatever happened to Man of Tomorrow, there's no none of that in there. But that you know, it's a super comic. And now you ask Alan Moore now, he hates all of his superhero work. So I don't think Swamp Thing has anything like that in there. Maybe. I I wonder. I want to. I haven't. I've only read some of that, so mm-hmm. I can't. I, I can't speak definitively. But I I don't know. Killing Joke is just. I, it, it's the same thing about people fetishizing Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. which I also don't like very much. Like that. That's what was so refreshing about that Harley Quinn issue we just read. You know where it she like definitively stomps out that 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 relationship with the Joker and it, like saying it's like a a fun thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't romanticizing that is gross to me. Like the animated series, I think does like makes it like like cartoonish enough that it's not offensive. But mm-hmm. in the comics, it was always usually crossed that line. But it's just I I don't know it. I think you're right, and that uh, it, that makes sense. That it always sells very well, and that is probably a Batman comic that most people have read, mm-hmm. and they haven't. And that, that possibly they, the only one. Yeah, like, and I saw things online about oh, it's the third best Batman uh, story behind Return and Dark Knight Returns and uh, Year Zero. Which that's uh, no, no, yeah, but that's, uh, it's yeah, not, that's not right. Um, it's not even close to any of those. Like, I don't know. Okay, that, that I that I just I needed to, I wanted to get that out there. It was it wasn't as quite as yelly as I was hoping. No, I'm, I I don't want to. I think yelling about it would just It'd entertain me. I that's true. That's very true. I could if it was like a few hours ago when I had first saw the announcement and people reaction with it. I probably would have uh, maybe been a little yellier. I had a couple hours mm-hmm. to cool down, and I groused a little bit more on Twitter. So. I don't know how I missed that. It was in a conversation. So I guess that explains I, it. I don't. I don't period my conversations in general. You shouldn't. I know. Yeah, you, you mostly shouldn't. No, I agree. I'll 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 talk about something cheerier next week. Mm-hmm. Like puppies getting hit by trucks. It'll probably be wrestling related. Triple H is trending on Twitter. What happened? It's Raw. So Raw's on right now. So it something happened on Raw. I'm sure. I think what's his name Slash Boy is apparently going to be one of the main events on whatever's coming up. WrestleMania? Yeah. He's well he's wrestling Brock Lesnar. Yes. So that's happening. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what's a who knows. It I, seems I, like a really unfair matchup. Oh, uh, he's the John McLean. Like I, he's like mm. the guy who gets beat up and just keeps getting back up even though he sh- he should stay down. Like that's really what they're building building a mess, which is good. I think it's a good place for him. Here on Wrestle Talk with Eric and Robbie. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to talk about some Spider Mans? Some Spidermans. Some Spidermans. Some 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 Peter Parkers. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no Miles Morales is here. Not in this one. Uh, okay, so that will do it for checking in. We'll move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it like you would a book club. Uh, this week we are doing Spider-Man, or no, Amazing Spider-Man, colon mm. family business written by Mark Wade and James Robinson, painted art by Gabrielle Delato, pencils by Werther Deladera. You have to have apostrophe in your last name to work on art in this book. Mm-hmm. With Joe Caramagno on letters. This is a, uh, a couple, a few years ago, um, Marvel did uh it's even on the front cover marvel marvel ogns they were you know i guess experimenting with uh like doing their own like 
graphic novels, meaning like they didn't serialize any parts of this. It just was released as one big story. Uh, they also did an Avengers story uh, that was written by Warren Ellis. Um, I was very intrigued by both of these stories. But then I saw that they uh, are roughly the length of four comic books and that they cost $25. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not buy them, which is I'm, why I'm guessing they didn't do any more because people did not buy them because they cost so much money for what is relatively not that much. I, I, it's deductive to do it like, hey, how much pages am I getting for my money? But I can do the math in my head. I buy four comic books that would cost at retail price $16. And those are, I don't know, the hard, uh, like a, a better binding does not equal nine extra dollars to me. Um, oh, it's, it's, these are all so, like, every page is painted, and uh, paying a little bit more for it allows the artist to, plus the the timing, because it doesn't have that monthly deadline. Yeah. It allows them to spend more time making a book look like a painting and less like a bunch of slop that's thrown together. Not <laughs> that not that monthly books are. I don't know how they do what they do. Work their in ass a lot off. Of, in a lot of ways, some of these pages look more rushed than a lot of stuff that we read month to month. Um, this is the, our second Spider-Man story we've read for uh, mm-hmm. the podcast. We've read Craven's Last Hunt, which is a great story. Has an, uh, features a man eating spiders. This book does not have a man eating spiders in it. Damn it. It does have Kingpin in a really ugly shirt. Does that say a couple of them? More than one ugly shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing Jane, regular old Peter Parker as mm-hmm. Spider-Man. A vampire in there. <laughs> um, overall thoughts, Eric. You like this? You not like it? I do walk away a little underwhelmed. It is. Uh, it is not a bad book. It's not a terrible format. Um, I can't remember when else I've seen the whole Parker's as secret agents thing. That was the whole nineties. Yeah, that was it. It that it Clone Saga and all that mm-hmm. garbage spun out. All that it's very silly, and I I think that that kind of hurts this for me. It's just ridiculous. I don't want Spider Man tied up in this, but it's 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 not like it's a terrible. It's not like it's a terrible story. Um, the art has several moments of being incredibly stellar. <sighs> It's it's not awful, but I could definitely have. I mean, that's that's kind of the point of this is it's so encapsulated. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It yeah. has nothing to do with the rest of continuity. It begins and ends where it where it is. So it feels kind of like a sitcom episode. You know what yeah. what happens and it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, they do. They leave it open ended. Mm-hmm. But nothing has ever come up. And I, yeah. I mean, I guess they could theoretically do it at some point, you know, go back to this and yeah, that's actually is his sister, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't, I don't think they ever will. Like they, the, both of these graphic novels, they just, these OGNs as they are, they are called, uh, they have kind of just forgotten about. Um, I feel like they do have a good handle on Peter Parker's voice. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, Wade, right? And, and, uh, well, it's credited Wade and James Robinson. I have no idea how, you know, they worked together. If they, one of them did like story and other plotted it or, or they went back and forth. But, you know, James Robinson 
you know, I like Starman, Starman, like most people, but uh, his more recent work has not been. He did that Airboy comic, that very controversial mm-hmm. Airboy comic. Um, but I, I feel like, but and Kingpin is, I don't know, Kingpin felt. I think my thoughts on Kingpin now have been really been colored by uh, the Netflix Daredevil. series. Yeah, the Daredevil Netflix series. It's kind of hard not to see D'Onofrio's take on him now, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, considering what a departure it is. This is a pretty traditional Kingpin. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, it's not that it's bad. No. It's just that I – this is before that, and it kind of is – it is that same, like, hey, I am – I am immovable, Kingpin. You know, mm-hmm. no weakness. I am have complete knowledge, and although he doesn't, he's not really in this book that much, honestly. Mm. He kind of shows up the beginning and the end, and then that's about that's most of it. Do you, this this actually is more similar to the most recent Amazing Spider-Man, with as like a globe hopping kind of James Bond, Peter Parker, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I don't. I didn't really like. I don't really like that the new comic. That I mean, it's it's fine. I I like this more than that. I don't know. I I don't know why. Maybe it's because although he's not rich, he's not rich industrialist guy. He's going down to the grocery store to yeah Western Union his money to so to get his power turned off. Well, to pay his rent, I think. Yeah, that was his. No, it was his power. I what? swear he was talking about getting his power turned off. I don't know what it, it was. Some sort of utility. Yeah. Rent's not a utility, though. Rent's not a utility? Pretty sure it's not. You gotta get access. What does he say? Where is he? He's in the rain. He's in the rain with some guy talking weird. You come back. Five minutes. Five. Yeah, what's that all about? What what accent is that? I'm guessing Asian? Like some sort of Asian pigeon thing? It's weird. Yeah, it doesn't. It's It definitely stands out. It does. Ping... Con Ed, third month in a row, I blanked on paying Con Ed. What does that mean? Hmm. And what is the thing about the c- detergent? I don't understand. Is that actual detergent? It is. How is it so popular that people are stealing it? Or what? Can you do you know what's going on there, Eric? Hmm. It's uh, it's goods that's stolen from wholesalers. Okay. New York selling it. They're selling it back to people like that grocery store. Yeah, it says right there on the, the I page d- after the weird racism. Well, I just got confused. He's like, newest currency crash, America's favorite laundry detergent. I was, I was like, what? We mean currency? I didn't understand the. They do. Yeah, I don't. I think I share your opinion for the most part. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it. It's not bad by any means. It's. It's just they don't really have much of the like. There's no. Really, Spider-Man Rogues Gallery in this. Aside from that, what what's his face, Tornado guy, Cyclone, mm-hmm. and even he's not—he's obviously not an A-lister. Uh, no, I mean, hell, I mean, this is arguably about the Kingpin. He's yeah. not in it a whole lot, and he's a Daredevil villain. Yeah, he's—he he has—he he moonlights the Spider-Man villain. Yeah, so. when they're like, "Hey, we need to throw someone at Spider-Man that's not a normal yeah. guy." What's up, Daredevil? Show up too. Hey, Kingpin works, but I don't know, like that's such a. I think that's the the a danger, like a problem with whenever you take Spider Man out of New York City and out of the, his normal, you know, the status quo is that you don't get the same Rogues Gallery really. You know, I like him just fighting Sandman or mm-hmm. or or at least old style Doctor Octopus. Yeah, I mean it. it 
you know, Spider Man is kind of kind of like Batman that way. That it's a lot about it's a lot about the villains. Yeah, Do, you said that uh, that some of the the some of the paintings look really really good. Mm-hmm. Are you positive overall on it? Yeah, I think so. I did not think I would like the art in this. You know, I felt it would be. I mean, it it definitely has the same problems that Kingdom Come has. Right. I think it's really hard to do a painted book and not have everything look really stiff and posed. I'm trying to think what that artist's name is that does that did the Runaways covers. He's really dropped off the map, and that's a shame. But I think a lot of the a lot of the art in this is very reminiscent of uh, of his painting style. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarity. God, that there's a that shirt that Kingpin's wearing at the end there. Ugh. With the weird face dragon on it. It looks like guys I went to high school with. Oh yeah. There's something about obese people wearing ugly shirts. All, all the kids who I, play I, magic. I can verify this firsthand. I wish there was more of that robot, you know? Like a more of a fight. Hmm. There wasn't much. It was just like, hey, he gets wrapped up in tentacles and then he wins, basically. Like, you only see parts of the robot. You don't, like, I, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not like, I never, you don't get a good scale. You know, I never felt like, like, I felt like that one time, like, like that one fight, the one page where he's fighting Kingpin, like, that really communicates the scale of Peter Parker compared to Wilson Fisk. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, it's probably my favorite like visual in this entire book. And that robot is like ginormous. It's like huge. And you never I never un- like you never get a great understanding of actually how big it is or I don't know. I was underwhelmed by that big robot that I'm we're supposed to feel threatened by. I think the most you get is this, you know, the the face compared to him. It is impossible that the kingpin would be that much bigger than Peter Parker. Yeah. Uh, that that size difference would be impossible. That would, I mean, he's like nine feet tall in 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 that painting. Yeah, it's his not. hand is the size of Peter Parker's torso. Well, there are the height is a uh, is an issue, but the his thickness is. Mm-hmm. There are men on Earth who are that that wide. Yes. Uh, he's all he's taking a knee. <laughs> he's, he's as tall as, as tall as, as, tall as, as a woman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, I mean, he's really going to be five foot something on his knees. on his knee. That's insane. <laughs> he's not even standing up straight, taking a knee. He's sort of hunched over. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> I think that that I don't know. People struggle with that sort of thing. It's like reading or watching uh, Fist of the North Star. And they, he knocks over a guy, and as he falls, he grows 30 feet. So I was 8 feet a minute ago. Now I'm 40 feet tall. <laughs> Do you feel like the ending's like a cheat? Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's, just, it's a sitcom ending. Yeah, everyone everyone has forgotten everything. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. I mean, it's not like it doesn't kind of make sense, but... It it kind of doesn't make sense. It's dumb. Any Everyone ending. conveniently forgets 
yeah peter parker's secret identity yes which has happened several uh, multiple times you know conveniently something happens where i that's i think the problem with this with marvel putting these out i think you like when you said oh they're not a part of continuity you know like a sitcom like you're these are not going to be successful like that's the kind of the appeal in a lot of ways of a shared marvel universe why marvel is so successful in the first place it's because all these comics are happening in the same time same place when you have you and you you can't do a, a a complete story like this in this format unless it is saying something that transcends the need for it to be connected mm-hmm. and this doesn't it it it's not bad i i liked it you know i it, i didn't hate my time with the book but it in the end I'm, it's going to be mostly forgettable you know mm-hmm. it need if you're going to do a story like in this format you have to have some be saying something aside from hey this is another comic book story you know yeah i think that's my main problem in that there's no reason for it to be collected like this like there's no reason this like they they uh, I, I don't know I think, and this is maybe not the perfect example because I don't remember how it was released, but where's the Red Sun Superman version of this? You know, uh, if you're going to tell, I mean, it doesn't even have to be an Elseworld story, but like tell a story that, I don't know, it, 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 you take something away from it. You know, it has something that it's trying to say other than this is a Spider-Man story. It's a weird one. Yeah, it's not. It, it's certainly not a typical Spider-Man story because it's very mm-hmm. much like Jason Bourne, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, did you like his sister? Uh, whoever the lady. I don't. You know, if that's really, Just, if yeah. maybe his sister. I did not dislike her. Did it, you dislike her? No, I. But she's very vanilla. She is very vanilla. I don't know. She wasn't really. She's. I don't know. She's not given a lot of room to operate really and the story is told pretty quickly yeah i mean she's 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 capable she's a good spy but you don't ever like she's absolutely vanilla yeah you only get the only bit of character you get really from her is like her saving a picture when she's falling off a cliff and Mm -hmm. her wanting to kill kingpin and spider-man having to tell her no you don't do that and then it gets, and they don't let her make that decision. Really, it gets made for her by a uh, Mentalo. They don't even. Not a good name, Mentalo. No, it's really not. Red Sun, I think, was released in three issues before it was collected. But there is like, there's Spider-Man, like those type. They did the, the another Sp- Spider-Man Reign. Have you ever read that? Eric? No. It's. It's uh written and illust- written and illustrated by Carrie Andrews. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice, but it's basically Dark Knight Returns of Spider Man. Mm. Um and has one of the most ridiculous claims that I've ever read in a comic book. Mm-hmm. I and I don't know if they I can't remember if they ever actually established this that it's that it actually happened or if it's just hearsay, but the claim is that by having sex with Mary Jane, Spider-Man killed her um, because he's radioactive, and he gave her eventually gave her cancer. So basically, exactly the same thing that they said in uh, Watchmen. 
Yes. With Spider-Man and his spider sperm. Mm-hmm. But that's also, that's another like Spider-Man graphic novel that is not perfect, you know, has flaws like this. I would describe this as flawed mm-hmm. overall. It's not bad, but it's, again, I hate that cost thing, but $25 is really pricey when you can buy a trade of Saga for 10 to 15 or even at $20 at most. And it yeah. is twice as long. <laughs> Sometimes this is like basically four issues of story, maybe five. It reads, it, I don't know, it, it, it reads well, you know, it's, it's, it's very competently executed. I just don't know what else you could do with this, though. Like, what, how would you fix this? I don't know that you can fix it. Yeah, like, it's... You just, you tell, you tell a different story. Tell a better story. Yeah, like, but I wonder if there's some kind of mandate that you can't, that, that this couldn't be connected? That's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. I was just like to point out that the person I finally found their name there is Joe Chen, and it is a woman that did those covers for uh, the Runaways. Oh, okay. She's still working, or what? Like, is she just not do comics anymore? Or? Mm, it looks like she's still fairly contemporary. Okay, just haven't seen it. Twenty fifteen and twenty fourteen. So okay, I would say that I bought this on a sale on Comicsology. Mm-hmm. And I would say that is the if you see this for sale somewhere, you know, at a discount, it's probably it's it's not bad. But uh, I, it would not be certainly not nearly the first Spider-Man story I reckoned. It, it Mark Wade, it's not a like this is not Mark Wade writing a, a Spider-Man story in a serialized format. This is mm-hmm. him writing like, hey, small story that end it begins where it starts. It does not end up mattering. So take that for you what for what you will. Would you would you recommend this to people, Eric? Uh, probably not. Go out of my way. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's not a particularly um, scandalous book. You know, if you need a uh, a younger child or a, a teen that is looking for a Spider Man comic, and I mean it's um, it's not too raunchy, not a lot of swearing, and it 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 it's it's good for that. But if you want something a little bit more uh, complex, you know, it's it, it's not necessarily that. Anything else you want to talk about? Not really. Okay, yeah. Our next week's book is Midnighter, Volume 1. Just released. Uh, we haven't really talked about it much on the show. Uh, I believe it's the first seven issues you said here? Seven. Yeah, written by Steve Orlando with various artists. Like three or four artists in those seven issues, so that we'll probably talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's available in trade, uh, and, and, and of course, single issues. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week. But with that, I think we can call it a day. It's getting quite late, mm-hmm. past our bedtimes, at least past Eric's. He's an early riser. I am. I am getting tired. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find everything there at our website. You can also, of course, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Like us there. Follow us on Twitter at HBCHour. Email us at Simpson. Oh, I'm getting my podcast mixed up. Email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. I can't, I do this too much. Uh, if you like the show, if you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to us, whatever podcast or service you use, uh, subscribe, give us a five-star review. It helps us out. And obviously tell your friends, uh, spread the word. We like to hear that. Uh, yeah. 
I am on Twitter at MixmasterShiro. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see my other portfolio by going to ericzgoodnight.com. Uh, in addition to that, there's most of the things I get up to online there, uh, including my Instagram where I am easygoodnight and also my Twitter where I'm at Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. So that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm.